Welcome to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. Your home for the latest news from the National Lacrosse League and Indoor Lacrosse. Now, let's talk some lacrosse with your hosts, Jake Elliott and Evan Schemenauer. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network as we get you... Set for episode number 78 of Lax Klaus. Hi, my name's Jake Elliott. My partner's name is Evan Schemenauer. I am in Port Coquitlam. He is in Saskatoon. Thanks for joining us. Great program lined up as per usual here on the podcast this week. We have the head coach and general manager of the Saskatchewan Rush, Derek Keenan, will join us here in about 15, 20 minutes from now. We'll bring you through quick sticks. We'll go under review as well. We'll have who we had coming up here in mere minutes. And uh, we'll get into the other side of the bracket and who you got coming up a little bit later on in the program as well. As that will lead me into introducing and welcoming you, Evan Schemenauer, back to the podcast. How are you, my friend? What's going on back in Saskatoon today? Well, it was a different day because if those that recall about a year and a half ago, I had an eye problem that really stopped me from writing random thoughts for a while. And it came back last night. Mm. So literally no television, no computers, no cell phone. And when you're in isolation, (laughs) that becomes difficult. But I literally figured out spending the day getting the garden in order, getting, you know, the, the sheds empty, got tools all organized in my garage, tried to find ways to not look at any screens. Well, uh, good for you. I mean, that's not the worst thing in the world. I'm sorry about your eye issues, but uh, as far as not looking at any screens, I think everybody could probably take a day and, and try and do that. I don't know how many people would make it through the day not doing that. I certainly would, would fight that battle. Uh, my day has, has not been much better here today, Evan, I guess. <laughs> I uh, tried to to do a a load of dishes in my dishwasher. That started to leak all across my kitchen floor. I'm not sure what's happening there. So then I decided to turn to to some laundry and and threw a load into the dryer only to have some crazy noise come away from my dryer, which I think is on its last legs today. So there's two appliances that are in flux in my my condo now. Uh, Monday means it's a school day and... Made another attempt at, at homeschooling with my 10-year-old daughter, which did not get off to a flying start. Better than a, a couple of weeks ago, but still not uh, quite to the to the level I was hoping for. I, I've i had some things happen today, Evan. I, I've had a little bit yeah. of an altercation with, uh, with my ex. Uh, <laughs> verbal altercation, I should say, not a physical <laughs> one. Uh, and, it, and it all stems, and I know, I know they're trying but i i just feel like my daughter might go to like maybe the worst elementary school in the township of langley like i'm looking around and talking to friends about what they're doing with their kids of similar age and seeing their curriculum and then looking at and i just i shake my head like i i know they're trying but i don't know what the heck is going on around there and it's it's led to some pretty mm. massive frustration and and for me like my family my whole entire family is educators like my both my grandparents were teachers one was a principal both my parents were teachers my sister's a teacher my aunt's a teacher and I thought hey like you know I got a, a pretty extensive coaching background this should just you know easily translate into and and it has not <laughs> it has not so I wasn't well, I wasn't particularly in a in a great frame of mind, uh, but I did get a, a workout in Evan, which which certainly helped. And and once I got the headset on, I started to feel a little bit better. But uh, it's been a trying Monday here, but looking forward to to lax class and and talking to yeah. Coach Keenan here soon. Well, I'll give you some advice on the homeschooling. Mm. What we managed to do now is lucky enough that Dorinda's teacher actually sent a whole bunch of 
lesson plans before they closed down because we had about three days notice they're going to close down um Vasilis didn't but we also had curriculum books at home and but we actually what we've done is they actually have to stick to their normal school classes so it's 9 a.m this is when you normally have this class you know at 1 p.m this is when you normally have this class and so They've never got out of their routine oh, you're from lucky. when they went. To smart, smart man, very smart, <laughs> and I'm so far past that. I don't even know how to recover, and and not getting a, a whole lot of help on the other side either. So, anyways, uh, we work our way through. I think what are we in here now, Evan? Week nine of of self isolation and self distancing and all the rest of it, but seeing and, and hearing some some good signs i've i've heard a uh, whispers that nhl teams may be returning to camp at the end of the month we're starting to see stores and businesses reopen slowly uh travel i think is starting to pick up a little bit more still lots of precautions and all that in place but i yeah, think no. we're, we're we're heading in the right direction but continuing to do all the right i things. don't know if we are because Saskatchewan, we were we were getting like four or six new cases a day. It was like next to nothing. And then, in, you know, just as today, certain businesses could start to reopen, mostly uh, medical services that weren't allowed to open before. All of a sudden, outbreak in Lloydminster, outbreak in Lush, outbreak in Beauval, mm. and like 40 new cases. So... It, 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 I don't know if we should be going back to it because now we're starting to see another spike in the number of cases and these business openings aren't going to help matters. I know both of uh, the businesses I work for, they would love to be back in, in at work, but for right now, we're going to lay low and just continue to work from home. Yeah, and that's, that's what you got to do, and I think that's the message coming from everybody. It, it's, I mean... Maybe not in in those specific communities, but I think as a whole, as a as a country, especially here in BC, we're we're ahead of the game, and and I think the message from Dr. Bonnie Henry and and company is we're getting there, but keep doing what you're doing because what we're doing is working, and and that's how we're gonna get to the end of the tunnel or get to the light at the end of the tunnel here, anyways. So. Uh, welcome back to Lax Class. We mentioned Derek Keenan coming up, but uh, before that, we got to get into who we had as we're down to the Elite Eight, Evan, and we're about to put two teams into the Final Four. But before we do that, we got to let you know that at Stampede Tack and Western, where as they do their part to fight COVID-19 and work their way back to normal, People still need some stuff to go to work and, and workwear, boots, jackets, all that sort of stuff. It's available 24-7 online at stampede.ca, or you can give them a call 1-800-745-5511, 745-5511. Somebody will give you a hand to try and get you the workwear that you need. But best way to do it, shop online at stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. As Evan, we got a great turnout on the vote this week as the Durham lacrosse region really showed up for this showdown here. And, and both sides on Twitter jabbing and barbing back and forth, encouraging their fans to vote here. But it's the Green Gales of the 60s that get past, well, let's call it the Redmen of the 80s here. But a tight vote in this one, 50, over 200 votes, Evan, 53%. The Gales advance past the Redmen here. Don Stinson, Jimmy Bishop, seven-time Minto Cup champions. Uh, they're into the final four, as I expected. Actually, it's closer to about 250 votes, if I'm not mistaken. And I think the difference in the end was six. Right, and they were yeah, they were going back and forth. In fact, what was it? Brooklyn wanted to know if they could file an appeal or something. All right. like yeah. But you know, both votes this week were incredibly close. So yeah, a great week as opposed to some weeks where we had you know one battle, one within five minutes. And I gotta say here, Evan, I, I did not figure out what your strategy was 
last week, and I had to ask you what it was, uh, and and your strategy has not worked very well so far. Well, you know what, though? Not only do I think it's a better team, but there was a common factor amongst all my picks, and maybe let's just hold off on that until – until I make the next two. Okay. Now let's see if people can figure figure out what the science is behind it. But before we get off this one, a lot of respect to both Brooklyn and Oshawa for, you know, pushing the vote as hard as they did. We you know absolutely loved it. Yeah, and just the interaction between the two teams and the fans were chiming in. It was fantastic and, and it just makes for a whole lot more fun when when that happens. On the bottom half of the bracket, another tight vote, over 150 votes in this one, 95 Chiefs, 99 Rock, and again, 53% is the winning margin here. So that means that we we had two great games here in the Elite Eight, two well-balanced matchups. The Chiefs get past the Rock here, Evan. 95 Chiefs advance. They will take on the Green Gales in the Final Four. Well, and we'll see how the 2000 Rock, literally one year detached from that team, Mm. does this week. Yeah, so I I thought maybe the Rock would get past there. I, I felt like the Chiefs were a better team, but I thought the fans would vote for the Rock. But Chiefs fans... what the one thing that you might see is that the 2000 Rock had an extremely memorable finish sure. to their game yeah. that a lot of people are going to remember. So that might tilt the scales in their favor. Yeah. By the way, uh, new NLL Warriors offensive coach Caleb Toth uh, on with Teddy Jenner on off the crossbar last week, and fantastic conversation there with Niners. Some great stories coming from him about his days in hockey and in early days in the NLL and in Calgary. Um, <clears throat> highly recommend you check that out uh, after you listen to Lacrosse Classified. Of course, so 95 Chiefs and 60s Green Gales move on to the final four. Two down, two to go, Evan. We will get to that in quarter number four with Stampede Tax, who ya got. But coming up next, it's the head coach and general manager of the Saskatchewan Rush, Jammer, Derek Keenan on the other side. Keep it right here on episode 78 of Lax Class. The Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com slash tickets today. Hey, this is NLL Crew Chief Todd LeBranch. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lax Class, Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Jake Elliott, Evan Schemenauer, episode number 70. Eight, uh, you just heard from the Vancouver Warriors. They're at NLL Warriors. If you want to find them on Twitter or Instagram, or you can go to VancouverWarriors.com where nothing's offside. The boys in black and gold will be back on the turf at Rogers Arena come next season. Uh, This guy coaches a different lacrosse team in the National Lacrosse League. Three-time champion Saskatchewan Rush. And uh, before we got on the phone here, Coach Keenan, uh, you did have four out of the eight teams remaining in our greatest box lacrosse tournament team of all time. But uh, things have changed since then. Uh Two teams have been eliminated. Gone are your 87 Brooklyn Redmen. Gone are your 1999 Toronto Rock. How you doing, Ooh, man? How you doing? Uh, you got left. You got uh, you got the 2000 Rock, and you got the 2016 Rush, where I like your chances there. So Nice. All right. Sounds good. How you uh, How you doing? You got on the phone here. You, you said you, you had to tackle one of your most hated tasks or chores around the house that you have to do. So you're ready to have a nice long conversation until it's dark yeah. out there. You were just gardening. How was that going? Well, 
it's not one of my favorite tasks, but I got it done and I'm very proud of myself. I put a full day in and that pretty should pretty much cover it for a while. So, and, 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 and a little bit early this year. Okay. So what are you, are you, are you doing some normal? weeding? Are you planting some yeah, vegetables? Mulching, what are you? Weeding, mulching, weeding, getting rid of those yellow flowers, you know, that grow in the spring. Uh-huh. Uh, also known as dandelions, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I was doing the exact same thing today. So. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's not my favorite thing to do, but it needs to be done. And uh, we were just talking about it, actually, how normally, usually it's the May long weekend that signals the time to start that, but with a little more time in my hands and uh, decent weather, not too bad. It's a good good time to get going on it. So, And uh, we got some good news in our province yesterday, sort of good news, if you want to call it any good news, is they're, they're going to start working on boats in the marinas to get them ready we're not allowed to go yet ah. they're going to start to ready the watercraft so and you've been missing that days. you've been missing that probably yeah. most of all i would have gone out for an early you know fish by now for sure and that's that hasn't happened so um but uh, they're at least able to work on them and uh good news there so um uh, hopefully things will get moving forward here but obviously we got to be pretty careful about it too so we're uh I'm on day 52 of quarantine in my guess, huh? <laughs> so. Yeah. So let's take a look at the season that was. And the strange thing this year was that you normally are a dominant team at home, but went one and four. And normally having trouble on the road, but went undefeated on the road. Mm-hmm. What shifted that everything went the opposite direction? Yeah. Hard to explain why we weren't great at home. Three of those. Well, yeah, I mean, I thought the one the one game I thought Dylan Ward was pretty outstanding. Yeah. Uh, the other two, we just weren't very good. Um, you know, with the Toronto game, I think we had a 6-2 lead and we pissed that one away. But um, we really, I thought we played really well our last home game against Vancouver. And, and all the signs were there. I think that we were really going to get going, whether it was home or away. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was a little bit reminiscent of oh, as far back as I think 2013 when we were still in Edmonton, where I think we were, oh, we were 8-0 on the road and 1-7 and or something like that or home or 7-1 and on the road and 2-6 at home or when we were playing 16 games, I think, or something like that or 1-7 and and yeah, 1-7 and and, and uh, uh, I think we were at, yeah, I think we yeah we uh, we were kind of, so it was kind of like that, but then at the same time, no, you know, we're a lot different team now than we were in 2013. So I think I think the signs were there, like that we were really starting to play all more consistent, especially from the offense. You know, that was where our struggles were early on, um, but I think we really started to spin that around. We're a lot more consistent and getting contributions from everybody, which is what makes our offense tick and. Uh, you know that was uh, that was certainly a good good sign of uh, things to come, but unfortunately we didn't get to to finish that off. Speaking with head coach and general manager of the Saskatchewan Rush, Derek Keen, I uh, I remember back in in 2013 with the the rush coming in. Uh, I remember a game where you guys were down big, and then you pulled Boldy. Brody McDonald came in and just stole the show in that one. And then I remember, what, what, I think you guys like hung like 25 on the stuff right here. there with the rush. Yeah. Um, and, and looking back here, Derek, at, at this team, kind of just past the midway mark of the season, I think you had a pretty good handle on, on what you had in front of you. And, and looking at the championship years, where you got it done? How? How? I mean, how'd you feel about this year's team? Did you think you had the the roster and the team to go get yourself another NOL Cup? I really, I really do. I mean, I, I thought all the signs were there. We were typical, you know, a little slow out of the gate, a little inconsistent, but you know, we we were seven and three after ten games, and uh, you know, we had we had a tough road ahead. We had Calgary three times, and. But we had four home games left, and as I said, we were starting to play better at home. Um, you know, but who knows what would have happened? We were never going to know now, of course. But yeah, I mean, I, I was all the signs. Like we, we, because uh, I think we were pretty good defensively most of the year. I think you, you can maybe say one or two games we weren't great, and 
and you know we didn't get the saves we needed but overall defensively and goaltending we were really good I thought and consistent it was the offensive struggle then that really started to go and you could see it in the results and that you had everybody on our offense contributing and some guys getting three or four a couple guys you know getting one or two and you know Mark getting eight assists and you know that's that's our offense and uh um, that that was really and some guys had some slow starts. You know, Benning had a slow start. Robert had a bit of a slow start, and uh, but they were starting to really get going. And um, it were, to me, it was just a matter of time, and and also some coaching that you know was required because we needed to change a little bit the way we did things because of the way teams were playing against us. But all signs were that we were we were headed toward you know a pretty good finish. I think. Well, and the one thing we saw towards the end of the year was you went back to having three righties as opposed to three lefties. Do you think the offense was more comfortable going back to where it was used to for all those years? <laughs> oh man, that's such a, yeah, it's, it's a site. Honestly, it's a psychological thing. I really, I really, I really believe that. And you know what? So be it. If it's psychological, so be it. You, you, you got to do what you think you can win with. And like, because, you know, we did all the analysis on that. And the bottom line is whether we had three or four lefts or, you know, three or four rights, you know, those guys that were playing every week and we all knew they were, they were all kind of playing the same minutes anyway. So um, it, there was, you know, I think it's a psychological thing. I, I really do. Because, uh, <laughs> Derek, it's not like Austin Murphy is a better lacrosse player than Connor Robinson or, or vice versa. It's just, exactly. it, it's, yeah. it's just kind of yeah. crazy how that works. Exactly. And, and then having said that, I thought when Murph played, he played really well. He played really well. And, and it's not that Connor didn't. Like, it's, just, it's just one of those odd things because I, I really believe Connor Robinson's a really good player. Like, I, I just think, and I think he's going to be a really good player in the future. And, uh, you know, but as I said, whether it's analytical or whether it's psychological, you have to put all those factors in when you, when you analyze our group. And the bottom line is over the course of many number of years, actually, we played better with three lefts and four rights. So, you know, it's just a, it's an odd thing, but uh, it's it's uh, it's kind of factual that we play better. But that doesn't mean that, like you said, that one guy's a better player than the other. It's just an odd thing that's, <laughs> that we've always been kind of and, and it really goes back. It's got history behind it. It goes back to, you know, when we didn't have Corey Small for a year, which was a huge loss for us. And, you know, we went 16 and two and, and Corey came back the next year. We went back to four lefts, three rights. And. We started 0-2, and, and we traded Corey, and we <laughs> That worked you know, out like, okay, though, Derek. Right? I mean, I mean, I mean, that yeah, trade worked really out okay wanna, for you. <laughs> did we really want to trade Corey Small, though? No, not really, because as everybody knows, Corey Small is a hell of a player. Yeah. You know, like, and, and he still is. So and, and he was a hell of a guy, like just a, yeah. you know, a real, real good kid, and I, I love the guy. But, again, you kind of analyze and you go, you know what? We can get some pretty good assets here for a good player, and – we think we're better going this way. So it's just the way it works out sometimes. Speaking with Derek Keenan and, and let's, while we're talking about guys and new guys and old guys, uh, a guy that you made a move for that you didn't even get a chance to get into your lineup or see, but I know a guy that you're real high on, you ship out Thompson and you bring in Tristan Rye, who's, who's, you know, from province just over, but, uh, a captain with his hockey team and his field lacrosse team at university played some senior a with the Burnaby Lakers and, and a transition guy that, that I had a pretty close look at through over the summer and was pretty high on. I know you were as well. How happy were you to, to finally swing that deal to get Rye into the fold? Really, really liked the kid a lot. Like he, uh, you know, I coached him for junior and junior for a season and a half in Whitby. He lived in my house actually. Uh, one summer. So I got a really good idea of what kind of a person he is. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't let everybody live in my, in my house. So, <laughs> you know, uh, great, great kid, uh, you know, quality, hard worker. Um, and I, and I think a very good player. So, um, and, and we were kind of looking for a, a little bit more versatility in, in, in that role as, you know, a practice guy who probably would have ended up playing some games as well. Like he's capable of playing some pretty solid defense and 
runs the floor really, really well, and he's skilled enough to play some offense if needed. So I uh, was really pleased to get him. And uh, you know what, when and if, I shouldn't say if, when we get going again, um, I'm looking forward to having him out there. I know he's been working really hard off the floor as we ask all our guys to do, and uh, he'll be he'll be ready to go when we get going again. Who's that player on the rush that you think doesn't get the accolades he should, you know, or, you know, or just what he brings to the team that nobody happens to see? Um, you know what? You're going to find this is a strange answer because he probably does get accolades. I mean, he was the captain of Team Canada, which means, you know, he's, he's highly regarded. But I still think Chris Corbeil is underrated as, you know, like he, he, he doesn't ever win defensive player of the year. Um, you know, he doesn't win transition player of the year. Uh, you know, he doesn't, he's never an all pro, you know, I think maybe once, maybe I, if I recall, he might've come second to Rubes in the D guy of the year, but I can't really remember. So, I think he's a guy, I mean, yeah, people notice him in that, but I don't think people realize how actually, how really, how good he is and what he means to our team. And from, from every perspective, you know, leadership, what he does on the floor, what he brings to the room, you know, how hard he works off the floor, um, you know, how much I trust him as a leader, uh, you know, as a leader of the leadership group to how many I can bounce things off him and, um, he's he's that guy, I think. And, you know, a couple other guys, you know, probably Matt Hosick I can put in that group too. Um, but, you know, Corbs is a guy that and, – and, let, and let's face it, like in, in terms of pure athletic offensive players and guys that are hard to stop in our league, a lot of them are righties, which means – your lefty defenders a lot of time are going to match up on them, not purposely sometimes, sometimes purposely. So he gets a lot of tough matchups. You know, when we play Calgary, he's going to get Curtis Dixon a lot. And uh, those are tough. We, we play Buffalo, he's going to get Dane Smith. You know, he, you know, he, he's always constantly mar- matched up against athletic guys, and uh, it's not an easy job. So um, he, he would be the guy, I think, that for me yeah. would and, stand out and- and as good as a player is, like you mentioned, I think it's the leadership that that stands out more. And, and listen, like you get you get the sleeve slapped on your chest for Team Canada, you're you're getting recognized. Uh, but you're right; I mm-hmm. think he he does with all the defensive stars with Dilks and Rubish and and Messenger and, and all the rest of it. I think he does sometimes get overlooked on that that back end on what he actually does for the rush. As we speak with Derek Keenan here, a couple of more minutes uh, with Jam. You got. Uh, I, I saw you put out an Instagram video about a, a week ago. I've been I've been doing these like YouTube home body weight things. I don't have the fancy TRX setup like you do uh, out in the garage there, man. I thought that was pretty cool. You and your daughter got out there, yep. went through some exercises and stuff. Uh, and you you're a guy that likes to keep pretty active. How hard has this been with with the isolation, the lockdown, uh, to to try and keep your fitness going? Yeah, it's you know what's funny is uh, like like you, Jake. Like I miss going to the gym, yeah. But, but I've never worked out this much in my life because <laughs> right. I, I, I I put more time in. I mean, it's a lot of yeah, yeah it's a lot of TRX stuff. By the way, you ignore them online, eh? So okay, just okay. Like, <laughs> I, I should I should probably be getting paid by TRX oh, yeah. by now, but yeah. you can order them. But um, and also like I'm running again, and yeah. I have not ran in. I have a treadmill. So it's a little easier on the on the joints. I've not ran in years. Like I, I do a lot of other cardio, but I don't. I haven't just said, oh, you know, I'm going to go for a run. You know, I used to say that all the time, but now I'm saying, yeah, I'm going to go for a run. Like I never used to do that for for a long, long, probably for I don't know eight years. It's been since you know what I'm going to say. I'm going to go for a run. Well, now I'm doing it every day. So <laughs> it's just it's a time thing. But having said that, I have to do it to offset how much I've been eating. Right, that's the kicker. <laughs> Because sitting around so much, you know, you tend to snack a little bit more. And uh, but now that now that the weather's getting better, and hopefully we can get out and about a little bit more safely, and maybe get on the water, then uh, things will get back to normal. You're heading into the last year of a four-year contract. Should we expect to see an extension anytime soon? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. One year at a time. 
you know, uh, you know, travel, travel's going to be tough going forward. I think with the way, you know, I've, I've seen a few things and read a few articles on how air travel is going to be. So I don't think it's going to be the same. I think we had a lot of changes after nine 11. And I think you're going to see a lot of changes after this. Too. So, and I think it's going to be from a team perspective for, for us, you know, we have, you know, a large majority of guys we fly in. I mean, this year we were lucky we had four guys that lived in the market, but you know, it's going to be, it's going to be costly for teams too. So, um, you know, there's got to, that's got to be factored in, but we'll see, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. And, you know, I'm not going to worry about it right now. Focus on the now. Master negotiator right there. Derek King laying the groundwork to, to the big boss, Bruce Urban, that he's on the fence on, on whether he wants to, to re-up on his contract. Right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Derek. You said uh, it, not me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should probably take some tips from you, man. Hey, listen, I appreciate uh, you spending some time here on Lax Class with us, and give my best uh, to the boy Ryan and, and the rest I of the Keenan family, yeah. and stay safe, Be stay back. healthy, and uh, we'll talk again soon. I'm sure. Okay, guys. Thanks, fellas. Take care. Right? See ya. <laughs> Head coach, general manager of the Saskatchewan Rush, Evan. And uh, I knew you were going to bring that contract question up, and I expected that exact answer that uh, the head coach just delivered to us right there. We'll see. We'll see. Well, I mean, that's the that's the thing that we talked about last week as to the future of the team. Where is that going to lie? But let's put it this way. I know we talk about greatest of all time greatest GM of all time, greatest head coach of all time. I know Les Bartley may be in that conversation. That's oh, he's in the Derek conversation, Bergen. but so is Derek. Yeah, so but is Derek. Derek is the greatest of all time. Both are in the conversation, and uh, I'm sure Derek learned learned a lot from Les uh, under him in his years in Toronto. Uh, speaking of Toronto, we'll get to that a little later on in the fourth quarter as we'll break down the other side of the bracket and put two teams up for vote we got a great turnout uh in 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 the first uh, round of the elite eight here i would expect the same in the second that was quarter number two let's get to break and let's get to quarter number three quick sticks and under review coming up here on episode 78 of lacrosse classified on the lax all-stars podcast network Pure Vita Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. Hey, this is Mike Kersey, head coach of the Halifax Thunderbirds. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. Growing the game one podcast at a time. What's going on, lacrosse fans? We are back. This is quarter number three. And quarter three, we like to do quick sticks and under review. We'll get to under review. Interesting under review coming up here in a couple of minutes, but let's get to quick sticks here, Evan, and not a ton going on as you might expect here in in dry times of, of lacrosse land, I suppose. Um, WLA, BC Junior Lacrosse League, CLA, I'm assuming the MSL and OLA are, are in on this as well. And this is kind of something I don't really like. I get it, but I don't like it. And this is something that the National Lacrosse League has stayed right away from, and that's that's putting up dates on on deadlines. And you get to a deadline, it's like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna push it back another couple of weeks. Oh, we're gonna push it back another month. And that's what the CLA has done here again. Uh, May fifteenth was supposed to be the day, but that doesn't look like it's going to be the day anymore. Yeah, and the RMLL, now they've run into problems where the Alberta government is already pushing back the time frame as to when recreational facilities can happen. Saskatchewan recreational facilities are in phase four of five. Um, I can't see how the RMLL even attempts a July season at this stage let alone everybody else yeah and it's not even really up to the governing bodies of lacrosse like it's literally up to the government to say okay it's okay to do it again and until that happens it's not gonna happen and and for me 
Like we're a long way away from normal. And and I know like NASCAR is, is going to try some things where they don't have fans and, and what have you. For me, Evan, this is what it comes down to. Until there is a vaccine for this virus, we are not going to be back to air quotes normal. That is the only way we get back to normal is once a vaccine has been administered. Well, okay, so NASCAR, different story there where guys are kind of secluded within a vehicle, right? They're, yeah, but you got the pit crews and you got, you got you pit crews. You got... I mean, right. But it's not like lacrosse where you're bumping and grinding <laughs> all over the place, oh, right? Sweat flying. It, it, and, oh, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, it just won't work. I can't see how it works. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. It looks like, you know, like wrestling has continued to try and push the envelope. UFC and, and other sports are, are doing things. But, I, again, I just – I don't know what lacrosse is going to do. I want to see lacrosse back more than, than anybody. I honestly do. I want to work again. Like, I miss my job desperately, but – that's honestly what I think. Like, I think we're we're looking at 2021, January, February, when a vaccine hopefully is out by then, and, and then everybody's going to feel safe and, and things will get back to normal. But until then, I don't see it. I don't see it. But we'll just keep you up to date on the CLA and what's happening. With that, stumbled across this. The I think it was last night, actually, Evan. I was just kind of scrolling through Facebook, and all of a sudden I saw Steve Govett in a purple San Diego Seals shirt in his kitchen, and I thought, what's this? Cooking with the Prez. Have you seen this yet, Evan? Steve Govett's been putting out a lot of content lately, so there's that cooking. Plus, he just started a podcast, which, I mean, for an opening show, uh-huh. he had Junior and Casey Powell. Yeah, John, <laughs> I mean, John Grant Jr. Well, I haven't had Casey on either, but John Grant Jr., one of the icons of the game that has yet to make an appearance on Lax Class. So I, I'm going to have to uh, maybe get after Junior again and, and try and make that happen somehow, some way. But, yeah, the TFL, I think it was called, uh, the TFL podcast, uh, Steve Govett doing that, and, and I gave that a listen as well. That was pretty cool. But uh, check him out. He made meatballs the other night, cooking with the press. <laughs> Steve Govett in his kitchen, just making food. Pretty good. Uh, what else have I been seeing, Evan? I've been seeing the NLL posting pictures on Instagram of players on the cover of a proposed NLL video game, which we've been talking about this over the last couple of weeks a little bit. And these these cover photo they just make me yearn for an NLL video game so desperately. I really hope, I know we're a long way away from it happening probably, but I really hope eventually that this comes to fruition. Well, okay, so part of what's going on here as well is the NLL's got to drive enough interest to get a company like EA Sports to actually fork out the money because the first year is where you really fork out the cash to develop a game that works properly. I don't think it's there, but, you know... Keep trying, and maybe it happens. I'll buy a bunch of copies if it helps. Uh, I can tell you that. So keep your fingers crossed. NLL video game, and I, who would? I mean, I, I'm assuming you'd, you'd pick the Rush as your team, Evan. If uh, if you had to play an NLL video game, is that is that probably a pretty safe bet? Actually, you know what? I would test all the other teams to see how would this work and how would this work. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would play the Rush all the time. Okay, man couple of more quick sticks uh, before we get on to under review here. Actually, just one more that I have, Evan. I don't know if you got anything you want to share, but uh, I saw a post come over the New York Riptide feed and, and the National Cross League retweeted it. Uh, thoughts, prayers, condolences goes out to the Camesso family. I hope I'm saying that right. Mike Camesso, the assistant equipment manager for the Riptide Succumbing to what it looks like COVID-19 uh, got the better of him, and that's that's about as sad as, as you can get and about as close to home as you can get as far as the National Lacrosse League goes so far. Yeah, and just more and more evidence as to why we should not be playing and staying at home. I mean, New York got absolutely blasted, and it's a little more difficult there with people living almost on top of one another, but... You know, it's tragic, and we need to avoid more tragedies. 
We sure do. So continue to to do the right things, people. Stay away from people. Stay home. Wash your hands. All that sort of stuff. Uh, that's it for Quick Sticks. So let's go under review. It's time for Under Review, presented by G. Wilson Construction. Each week, Jake and Evan answer a listener's question or break down an unusual call that happened in a game. The challenge flag has been thrown, so now it's time to take the matter under review. Under review, brought to you by G. Wilson Construction. GWilsonConstruction.com, an award-winning firm with a single focus, building fine custom homes and uh talked to the boss there just a couple of days ago checked in on the wilson family and uh those guys are doing all right they got a they got a nice little lake house that they've retreated to 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 kind of self-isolate must be nice seven to just kind of take off to the lake house and hang out for a month or two uh so that's what they're doing they'll get back to building fine custom homes sooner than later i'm sure upload your resume at gwilsonconstruction.com and who knows start your career in the construction world, uh, under review, and this week, I mean, this is something we've kind of wanted to talk about for a number of weeks, and that is the plight of fighting in lacrosse. I have many, many thoughts on this subject. It's something that still exists in the sport of lacrosse at the National Lacrosse League level, summer lacrosse as well. Where do you come out on fighting in lacrosse. Let's start with this. And uh, Now, one thing we're going to be doing in the coming weeks is we're actually going to have another Who You Got bracket as to the greatest fighter of all time. And when you look at that bracket, most of those guys are not current players because there aren't many fighters in the game anymore. And in part, that's because of reduced rosters and what have you. But... Is there a need for fighting in the game? My answer is yes. And that might shock some people, but here's the thing. You've got a weapon in your hands, okay? There's got to be a way to police if somebody goes over the line. And if you're not allowed to fight, those cross-checks to the head and dangerous plays are just going to get worse. So I would rather two guys drop the gloves and settle their differences instead of something stupid happening on the floor. Now, not everybody's going to agree with that. I know there's people within the league office that don't agree with that, but it's a necessary evil. Uh, Yeah. I think you make some pretty strong points there, Evan, and and coming from somebody who, who did the job for a better part of a decade, if if you want to call it a job and it's not something that I particularly enjoyed doing, but I knew if I wanted to stay in the league, that was something that I kind of had to do, so I did it. But that was back in the late 90s and and early 2000s, and and now we're 20 years removed from that, and I kind of look at it completely different now. And, And I look at international sports, you can't do it. And we got through the world championships just fine, without fighting in the game on the flip side of things i think you make some great points about the game kind of policing itself and and it's better off guys dropping their mitts than swinging their sticks i get that the other thing you have to consider is nobody's leaving the building when a fight breaks out and as much as people say that they oh i i don't like fighting and i think it's dangerous and that's when you look around the arena, everybody is standing and screaming at the top of their lungs. People like violence. It's just a fact of life. And I don't know what what that infatuation is with with violence and why people like it. I put me in that in that group as well, but people like it and I think it sells tickets. You look back in the early days of major indoor lacrosse when it was just it was more or less a barroom brawl on turf. And fans went nuts. Boston, Philly, Buffalo. These places were packed to the rafters with just rabid fans waiting for something to break out. And and more often than not, it did. And, and you alluded to the fact 
we are going to have, after we're done this tournament, we're going to go with the best lacrosse fighter of all time. I, I thought maybe toughest lacrosse player of all time, but I'm going to go with best fighter of all time. I've compiled a list of about 40 guys, I figure, and we'll we'll match them all up and, and, and place them in the bracket here. But uh, I think this is going to get people talking. I think this is going to get people voting, and, and debates are going to be had on, on who would win against who. But... Do I still think it belongs in the game? I, I for sure am against the the whole staged fight off the face off. Hey, we're gonna go tap tap. Let's do this. But I I, I kind of don't see that much. No, anymore. you don't. It's you normally don't, after a dirty play. Yeah, you don't see the line brawl. You don't see the bench clearing brawl happen anymore. Very rarely, if you do. But I still think, and I agree with you, Evan, like if somebody takes a run at your goalie, you got to be able to respond in some type of fashion. Like a penalty is just not going to justify somebody running your goalie or trying to take your star offensive player's head off. There has to be some sort of deterrent for that guy to go, hey, if I do this, I can expect this to happen. And going to the box for two or five minutes, I don't think is enough of a deterrent to stop it, but if you got somebody going, okay, Andrew Suter is probably going to punch me in the face a bunch of times if I do this, that's a more of a deterrent. So I don't like the stage, the the orchestrated or the you know the the mass melees anymore. But I still think there is a place for for two guys to to throw down. And and the difference for me from hockey, the biggest one, Evan, is yeah, you're, you're punching a guy in, in the face or trying to with bare knuckles. But if they do go down, your head is not slamming off of frozen ice. Well, and here's one thing, and you've alluded to this earlier, is that this league is a ticket revenue-driven league. You need to find ways to get people in the seats. Okay, How many people still remember that line brawl between Calgary and Saskatchewan about Everybody. four or five years ago? Now, but the reason that hasn't happened again is that the suspensions didn't make it worth it. But I'm going to go back to a game earlier this year. It was Vancouver. I believe they're playing Calgary. Correct me if I'm wrong, but all hell broke loose in the last five minutes of the game. And then look at the attendance number for the next home game. Right? They sold another 2,000 tickets the next game because of what happened. I think back to the Rush's first year in Saskatchewan. They were having a home-and-home, back-to-back with Toronto. Game one's in Toronto. It's on TSN, and all hell broke loose in the last two minutes of that game. They sold 3,000 tickets the day of the game. This is back when Saskatchewan didn't sell out. They sold 3,000 tickets on Easter weekend (laughs) on game day because everybody saw the fight the last thing, and they knew all hell was going to break loose. And when I saw... Nick Bielich lining up next to Rob Hellier, okay, and you know, then Hellier getting the heck off the floor and somebody else replacing him. You knew what was going to go down within two seconds of this game starting. Yeah, like I said, right off the top, people like violence, and nobody is leaving the building when a fight breaks out on a National Lacrosse League or a lacrosse floor anywhere for that matter. So I don't think that's the end-all, be-all reason to keep it in the game. I think there's a multitude. I think there's still more reasons to have it than to not have it. But with all that being said, we have seen the sport work at the highest level without it in the game. So I think it's coming, Evan. There's going to be a day down the road here where it, it will be eliminated from the game. And I think it'll be tough to to go through that for the first year or two without it, but then people are going to look back 10 years, 15 years from now and go, man, I can't believe you're allowed, you used to be allowed to do that. Okay, but I mean, 10, 15 years ago, there were line brawls and bench clearing brawls on a regular basis. Yeah, so I'm just saying, that's Uh, it, right? Headshots were perfectly legal, right? It's the The, evolution. will evolve. Yeah, it's the evolution, and I, I think the day is coming when it will go away but i don't think we're there yet and and it's it's going to be a, a bit of a process to get there because i i honestly think like there's probably a line right down the the middle of the board of governors table where 
half the owners still want it in and half the owners don't. And and until they can get a majority or a unanimous vote on that, I don't think it's going anywhere. So that's kind of where it comes out on that. But here on Lacrosse Classified, we'll, we'll get through the greatest box lacrosse team of all time. We'll announce a winner. Then we're going to give away the Who You Got prize. And then we're going to start a new tournament because, well, we have to do something, Evan. And I thought, what is going to get the people talking? And I thought, fighting. Fighting will get the people talking. So we're going to match up 32 of the toughest lacrosse fighters of all time and, and have a little fun with that. I'm looking forward to this. I'm still protesting that Dan Dawson is not on that list because he may not have fought that often, but when he did, he absolutely beat the guy senseless. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but I have a hard time putting a guy in a, in a fighting tournament that has over a thousand points or whatever it is in, in the league, 1200 points or whatever he's got. So but, but the, brother Paul fighter, is in the, right? in the, in the, in the draft, uh, Evan brother Paul. So Dawson will be represented. Don't worry about that. Um, and, and that was kind of the criteria. Yes. Like Brody Merrill, a hall of fame player, but he fought a lot and he was very good at it. So he is in Dan just didn't fight. The sample size is not big enough for Dan Dawson to, to make it. Okay, but the, the 28 to 2 shots on Bill O'Brien and that sure. play, I think we keep watching it all the time, yeah, right? Yeah, no, I'm a big fan, big fan of the dangerous one and that fight, but uh, he's not in, Evan, so let it go and let's move on. Uh, that was under review. That uh, was a pretty good conversation right there, I think, and and give us your thoughts. Let us know what you think at Lax Class. Uh, one thing that that I never do is I know not everybody that listens to this podcast is on social media, whether it be Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever. So I made an email address for the show, Evan. I haven't added it to my phone yet, but I'll do that after this. It's lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. Lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. So if you're a listener and you're not on the social media and you don't know how to do the Twitter or whatever, now, I think most people by now here in 2020, Evan, can, can send an email. Lacrosseclassified at gmail.com if you, if you want to reach the show via email. All right? Um, yep. Okay, let's take one more break. Let's come back and let's get into Stampede Tax. Who you got? It's coming up on quarter four of episode 78 of Lax Class right after this. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Reese Dutch from the Calgary Roughnecks. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box across. Now it's time for another round of Who You Got? Welcome back to Lax Class. No more breaks here. Associated labels and packaging. AssociatedLP.com. Focusing on people. Focusing on ethics. Focusing on quality. And family-owned down there in Coquitlam, Sean Ashworth and the gang, Tosh Nishimura. Send me a picture, did Tosh Nishimura, from, I don't know, what year, 1997, 98, I think, up in Kelowna, when the Thunder were still playing up in Kelowna. Had herself a weekend up there, did myself and Tosh and a few over there of our uh, close friends. Uh, good to flash back to that. Uh, associated LP, as in labels and packaging, Best in the business and environmentally friendly to go along with it. Make sure you are supporting them. Time for Stampede Tax, who you got. And Evan, I almost forgot. Stampede Tech and Westernware would like to remind you that their website open 24-7, stampede.ca. And during this COVID-19 crisis, we would like here on Lacrosse Classified to offer you a special promo now until may 15th time is running out when you use the online code lax class 20 lax class 20 evan you get 20 percent off your order you said you were going to go onto the stampede website last week did you buy something and use the promo code not yet but actually 
I need something for one person at one of my jobs. So it's not for me, but it looks like I need to go order coveralls from Tampi Tech, and they got the Carhartts, which are one of the best in the business. There you go. Why wouldn't they? Because they are the best in the business. So we got two teams into the Final Four. We need to put two more teams into the Final Four. 2000's bracket to 2010's bracket are all that remains, if you do recall, the matchup featuring the two. Vote is already up on Twitter. Evan being very progressive this week. I like it. 2000 Rock up against the 2001 Adnax. That Rock team, you mentioned it. The last second goal, Caleb Toth, midst of the dynasty there. Going up against the 01 Adnax, who won that Man Cup in dramatic fashion. Kimbo Squire, Colin Doyle in Game 7 in the dying seconds, getting the tying and the winning goal at Pacific Coliseum there in Vancouver for the Adnax Lone Man Cup Championship. 2000 and Rock, 2001 Adnax. Evan, who you got? Now, keep in mind, I said this a few times that that 2000 Rock team's got a special place in my heart because that's actually where I started watching the NLL way back when. Got to see them live. They played the New York Saints, I believe it was. And it ended at 9-5. But, you know, at the old Maple Leaf Gardens, heck of a treat. And I'm sticking with my strategy, which some people haven't figured out yet. Oh, for 2 so far. Oh, for 2 in your strategy so far, Evan. I... Oh, man. I think The Rock, oh, I, th- I think. Come on. We know who you're picking. No, I know, like, but you, I'm saying right now that you I You've got th- the tattoo on I your know. Like. That's senior. I got I'm more. It's more for junior. But senior now, everybody's one big happy family there, which I like. Uh, I think the fans are going to vote for The Rock here, but I am taking and hoping Adnac Nation comes out and votes for Coquitlam in this one. So give me... Coquitlam to beat Toronto. Now, the final game of the Elite Eight here. Evans predicting whoever wins this bracket will be the overall champion. That's tough now because Oshawa's really pushing mm. the vote. So that might Rush take them over. Nation, oh. Peterborough, Laker Nation have been very good at voting throughout this tournament as well. They're going to need to do this, especially in this. This might be the the marquee matchup so far throughout this entire tournament. 2016 rush up against the 2018 Peterborough Lakers. Evan, who you got? Two teams that were so loaded. It's unbelievable. Now, of course, Derek Keenan building that rush team over time. Peterborough. <laughs> they don't rebuild, they reload, right? That's the old adage. Ugh. Now, part of it's my strategy, but here's the other thing, is that you're taking one of the best offenses of all time in Peterborough up against one of the best defense of all time in Saskatchewan. I'll take the best defense to neutralize that offense every time. Give me the rush. Okay, I think you you know who I'm taking as well, Evan. This is no surprise here. I'm taking Saskatchewan. I think you make some really good points there. That defense, I don't know if we'll ever see a defense that great again. Like, no weakness whatsoever in that 2016 rush team. And, and offensively, that might be the most star-studded offense I've ever seen in Peterborough as well. Got to remember, though, this is a one-game showdown here, and and I think that's where the rush might have the advantage. So I'm going to take Saskatchewan to beat Peterborough. And here's the crazy thing, is that if this was played under CLA rules, that probably benefits the rush. If it was played under NLL rules, it probably benefits Peterborough. How so? Because smaller nets, the Woody, which would definitely help Aaron Bold a ton, um... You know, no. I mean, the shot clock. I don't think it existed back then. It might have. Yeah, the but, back over. Yeah. You know, these are things that are going to help the rush in limiting the number of possessions Peterborough gets. But under NLL rules, where Peterborough's got, you know, Jake Withers, and they got this transition game, they got this offense. That's that bigger net. Those rules are only going to help them. So it's, it's strange that the opposite rules probably help the other team. Yeah, that is a little interesting. All right, Evan, that was Stampede Tax, who you got, and that's pretty much the program this week, I think. You got anything else you want to get off your chest before we get out of here? 
No, I'm all good. All right. Uh, big thank you to our sponsors once again. Vancouver Warriors, Associated Labels and Packaging, G. Wilson Construction. Oh, don't forget, use the promo code Lacrosse Classified 20 if you need any PVL supplements as well. Lax Class 20 for Stampede, Lacrosse Classified 20 for PVL. Thanks to Derek Keenan for coming on the podcast as well. And to you, the listener, be safe, be healthy, keep doing the right things to get us through this pandemic. We are done on episode number 78. For Evan Sheminar, I've been Jay Kelly, and for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, be healthy and safe, everybody. <laughs>